Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the DC United Kingdom podcast, and I am your host, James Graham. Today is a big episode. We have got two guests on the show today, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. So, without spoiling too much, and hopefully what will happen is this will sound a lot better this time around. So, let's head over to Skype, and let us get on with this podcast. Hey, so we're now over on Skype. Um, hopefully, as I said in the intro, hopefully we can get this all edited nicely and we can get this sounding a lot better than a normal Skype call. But as I said, I've got two guests with me today and let's get uh, into them and let's hear them what they have to say for themselves. So, guest number one, Kenny, can you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, what's up? I'm Kenny. Uh, I tweet over at, at DCU underscore soccer. Um, I do all kinds of stuff. So yeah, check me out. Yeah, uh, you also do a podcast as well, so well, let's get a plug in nice and early. Oh, yeah, I have a podcast. You can search uh, DCU Soccer, all one word, on your favorite um, you know, podcast app or anything like that. Cool, thank you. And Sarah, please introduce yourself. Hi, James. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm so excited to finally talk to you in person. So I'm Sarah Kalassi. I'm the DC United beat reporter for MLS Female. And I would absolutely love it if you would follow me on Twitter, because I love to talk to everyone about all things football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. I'm at Sarah Kalassi, and you can also give MLS Female a follow, too, especially if you like to banter. We love to banter back. (laughs) So the MLS Female account is absolutely spot on, so definitely give that a follow. Um, So you're here... Both of you are on here to talk about DC United, obviously. Uh, we have been speaking for a, a couple of weeks now, haven't we? It's been a kind of a thing where we've been thinking about getting it doing, uh, getting it going, and we finally all got together. And, well, I want to start off with a bit of news. Um, and something that happened was announced, I think it was last week, um, Donovan Pines made it into the MLS homegrown roster. How good is that? Absolutely amazing. I'm so excited for him. And it was great to actually see him on Friday. He did such a wonderful job during that match. He's brilliant to watch and just one of the sweetest people ever. So I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's really cool. And I think that um, having that homegrown game is going to be kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, I've we've obviously seen him break out this season. And I think me and you, Kenny, were talking about him and... It's amazing how quick he is for such a big guy. I think every stride he's taking is maybe two of someone else's. He's just incredibly fast. I don't know if he's 6'4 or 6'5. He's quite tall. (laughs) I was looking up to him in the locker room, trying to ask him some questions. I'm like, oh my goodness. Hi, Donovan. I'm sorry. Uh, You you would, if we ever do, and when we do meet in person, you're going to hate me then. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. How tall are Um, you, James? I'm six foot ten. What? Oh yeah. dear God! Oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, so I will make Donovan look a little bit small. But but can you run as fast as Adam and Pines? This is the question. That's the real question. Yes. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> There's a reason why I play in goal. I would definitely have you on my team. You don't even have to jump, James. Just kind of put your arms up a little bit. You're there. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll play. 
I play six aside, so the goals are uh, uh, about half the size. So I just I like to lay down in goal. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously that came out, and that game is on July the thirtieth. Um, that's the day. Is that the day before the All Star game? Or was that on the same day? I can't remember. It's definitely around there. I think it might be the day after. I was like, there's no way it's on the same day. That would be terrible. Yeah, because I know they've got that. They've got the the skill show as well, haven't they, with the all-star thing, which I'm like, what the heck? All-stars is the 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern, so. Ah, sure, so that is on the uh, the day before for the homegrown game. So hopefully that'll get, that gets shown up because I'd love to watch that as well as the all-star one. How late are you going to have to stay up? Uh, um, with it being in Orlando, it's on the it's the same time zone as you guys, isn't it? So that's not gonna be too bad then, really. I think I'll. Uh, did you say it was eight p.m. for the All Star one? Yes, eight p.m. Uh, so that's gonna be a one o'clock kickoff. Oh, I could do that. I've done those before. It's just when it gets to two a.m. That's when it's a little bit tricky. I. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to say I'm impressed always by your dedication and how late you're up and you're still tweeting and I'm kind of an old person. I just want to go home and go to bed and the games are in my time zone, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel the same way. Like, I think I've ta- I've told James before, I'm like, especially when it gets to those games like, uh, like the LAFC playing over there on the West Coast, all those games starting at like 10 o'clock my time, I'm like, I know I'm not going to make it through this. I spent it's like caffeine is drunk. That that's that's what gets you through those times. But yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a bit different for me, and it's nice to actually just stay up and actually be able to watch it. It's I don't know. It, it's it is different, and I kind of like it being on that late. And but then this this weekend we have a double game week, don't we? This week, and the Atlanta game for me is going to be on at nine p.m. Which is going to be nice. Oh, yeah, because that's on at uh, 4 or something, yeah, here. So, yeah, that makes sense. That's like, a, that's like a decent normal time. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be awesome. I think even my wife will probably end up watching that one because it is a, a decent time for us over here. So it's good to actually have a nice normal kickoff because I think there's only a couple of games this year that are going to be before midnight. I mean, there's that one, and then there's the return leg of the Cincy game at the end of the season. I mean, that's all. Yeah, the rest are pretty late. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, get that. DC seemed to get like the short end of the stick with that. I was looking at that too because, yeah, it's kind of strange because you have like games, most of the game days there's like, you know, starting potentially even as early as like 12.30 sometimes and like uh, most of the time, starting at like uh, three fifty-five, and then all of our games are like seven or eight. It seems like it's kind of annoying. Yeah, but saying that, it kind of looked great for for the uh, game last week against uh, New England, um, where the crowd looked um, quite full from uh, the get-go as well, which was nice to see because it's usually a little bit takes a bit of time for you guys to get into the ground. It seems. I was actually really surprised because it was a work day and then the kick was earlier. It wasn't an 8 p.m. kick. It was a little after 7. So I was actually surprised how quick things filled up. Happy to see, but surprised as well. Yeah, it was it was kind of surprising. I think uh, before the game, I saw that they started selling like the standing only seats. And that's like the, the first hint of like, oh, we're about to sell out. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. That's that's. Uh, it's good to see that. I think was was it uh, eighteen thousand six hundred was in attendance for that game. Yeah, somewhere around there. And I think we might. Since we're wrong about like about the game last week, um, we need to talk about what happened off the field. I think because um, I know we were talking about what we want to discuss on this podcast beforehand, and uh, it was mentioned about what was happening off the field. So, Sarah, do you want to take it away with that? Oh my goodness, there were so many things going on off the field before the match and during the match. So I know before they had some of the Special Olympics players on the pitch and they were playing and DC United actually let some supporters in early to come cheer them on. I wasn't able to make it early, unfortunately, because I wanted to see them. But also we had one of the Bar Bravo legends and the 96ers in the house on Friday, Rob Gillespie. And he was with us as well as his son and his sister. And he's just an absolute legend. He's had to move out of town. Rob's actually been very ill. He was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. But he came back and it was his first time being at Audi Field ever even though he was on the committee testifying for why this stadium should be built. So it was incredible to finally meet him. And Ken and I were actually in a suite that a local business, um, Fairfax Oral Maxiofacial Surgery, auctioned off their suite tickets in support of Rob. So it was a really special night. Uh, that's awesome, that. Um... And how how was it in there? How many how many people actually made it into the suite? Because it looked like from the photos that you were tweeting out, there's quite a few of you there. How many do you think, Ken? We were pretty full. Yeah, it seemed to get up to like yeah, twelve, thirteen, fourteen at least. I would say. Mm-hmm. And we had kind of some folks coming in and out, and Dave Johnson, who's one of my favorite humans, came and spent time with us, and. We were able to see some goals scored with him right next to us in high five, and that was an incredible experience too. So, did he shout "It's in the net"? No, we shouted that at him. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, that was crazy. Yeah, and like he was high fiving us all, and like it was just, it was really, 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 really cool having him right there and like enjoying the game with us. That was like definitely a, a, a highlight of of my recent memory. His insight, too, is incredible. We were watching the one play right before Quincy put his goal in, and Dave is like, okay, watch right now. This is it. Watch this. He's incredible. That's amazing. And when I had him on the show last week, it was just, he was just something else. The way, the passion that he has for the club, it just, it just bleeds out of him. And he, if you cut him open, he would bleed black and red. Yes. It's just, it's absolutely fantastic. And I would, would love to have spent a bit more time speaking to him. And I'd have loved to have been there last week at the game as well. That, it just, well, apart from the first half, um, should, should we start talking about how we did last week? You want to make if us we cry, <laughs> James. I don't want to yeah. cry right now. <laughs> painful. It wasn't it. It was, a, it was a very painful first half. It was... Well, first 42 minutes, it was very painful. Um, yeah, um, I don't know whether you guys saw it the same way as I did, but 
Birnbaum didn't have the greatest of games. Um, it seemed that uh, Banbury was just outpacing him every single time, and he just Birnbaum just didn't have an answer for him. I think a lot kind of went into that, and I agree with you on that account. Definitely the change in formation, going to the five-back, missing out on Acosta, that was all kind of just contributing to the big mess of the first 42 minutes as everyone settled in. I don't know what you made of that formation, how you felt about that. Um, I, I don't mind it because the previous times that we've used it, it's worked well for us. Um, and we look back at things like the game against Columbus earlier on in the season when we are at their grounds and the first half where we really just absolutely annihilated them. In the second half was a bit of a different story again, but it always that seems to be the story of our season so far. One half good, one half bad, but there we go. But there is glimpses of that formation actually working. And... I'm not sure why Pines was on the right side of the defence because each time previously he's been the kind of the centre guy and he's the one who's been mopping everything up and it, that seemed to work. So that was a bit unusual from my point of view. Um, but it was nice to see Mora being able to attack down the left and Hara to attack down the right, um, making full use of those wings. But it took us a long time to get going. Um and then Ariola whipped that ball in very nicely. Oh yeah. And that was that was absolutely stunning. I was just watching that. I was like, yes, get in there. And then Harrow with a lovely finish. Um, not bad for a right back. Not at all. He's such a great player to to watch, and he always has such kind of creative footwork going on in the way that he moves down the field. I just love watching him, no matter what he's doing. Yeah, I thought that. Um, I thought Hara had had a really good game. I think that's kind of what we expect now considering his talent but to go back to the formation um like I guess yeah f- uh, the five back or I kind of I kind of think of it as uh, like it's the same thing but it, like when I saw that I was like the three four three the five uh t- three two whatever um the the one of the issues that I think was exposed with how we lined up is that with those two central midfielders we had Canals and Moreno and it seemed like Canales wanted to get a little more advanced. But the problem with that was that it kind of left uh, Moreno on his side kind of isolated and a lot of space behind Canales. Um, and so I think that they were able to attack us uh, on that. And then we, we ended up did making an adjustment in the second half for that as, as well. Yeah, and I, I noticed that uh, Rodriguez started playing, started from a bit deeper in the second half, and that seemed to work incredibly well. And... I'm, at the moment, a big advocate for Rodriguez to actually start in a proper centre-mid role because each time I've seen him play in that role, he's really took to it really fantastically. He's able to pick up the ball from deep. He's got great dribbling. He's able to pick out a pass. And I feel that we should actually make use of that a bit more. And I think having Ariola on the wing and I, I don't know, it would be nice to have Assad back and have Ariola straight on the right and Assad on the left and whoever we get in, because there's been a few rumours and things like that going around. But I I quite like having Rodriguez in the centre. Yeah, that that is something that definitely definitely changed in the second half. He came more like more central and and, and yeah, a little bit deeper in that uh, defensive midfield. But 
yeah, when we play that three back, you really need to have more than than two in the center there. I think mm. um, I think there's other teams, even in MLS, who struggle with this. Um, that would, which comes to mind, like Atlanta United in their first few games playing a very similar formation, and we're having very similar problems that uh, I think we exposed when we played them in the first game of the year on that really cold and rainy night. <laughs> that was the worst night. Oh my goodness, it was the worst night. <laughs> that was a great night for me. I'm sure you were very yeah, cozy, well. weren't you, James? <laughs> oh, it was. It was a lovely night that one. I was. Tucked up quite nicely watching the game, you know. <laughs> it was nice and dry. I don't know what you're on about. Oh, I don't know. I lost feeling in my feet at one point. <laughs> yeah, I was honestly, like, no joke, genuinely worried about getting, like, hypothermia or whatever. Like, I was like, I hope I make it. Oh, that's why we need a roof at Audi Field. Yes. It's going to be It's got to be done. It's going to be done at some point, surely. And yeah. better, and better sun visors. That was another thing, yeah. Yeah. So I noticed on the um, because watching it back at home, um, it's the I don't know what it is about. Um, I think it was on ESPN, wasn't it? If I remember rightly, and they yeah. use a different camera angle to Flow FC. They seem ESPN seem to have their camera angles a little bit higher, and that got a lot of sun glare. Whilst if the broadcast is from Flow, they're a little bit lower, and you don't get that. So that's actually one good thing from Flow FC. Dare I say it? Okay, I'm impressed. Applause, James. Applause. You're being positive. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Very positive. About Flow FC. Positivity from them. Who would have thought that? Yeah. I've noticed that they've done that, like, higher angle sometimes. And I, whenever I'm watching it, like, uh, or watching it back, yeah, I don't prefer that one as much. Partially because of the sun, but, yeah, it kind of feels a little strange. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is a very, very odd angle. Um, so... I, the second half of the game was obviously much better from our point of view anyway, because um, we seem to come out with the same players, but different players, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. No, we definitely had a major shift. And I'm not sure if you two feel this way as well, but I feel that every time our opposing team gets one in before we do, we seem to just get this immediate drop in energy and everyone gets very upset. And then if we don't equalize or at least get one more, that just kind of continues and it seems to snowball. So I don't know. Definitely that one goal we did get in helped quite a bit bolster the energy. But I don't know what you two make of that. It, it is a bit of an odd one. Um and we do it far too often, concede first. And um, it is a bit strange. I do notice that we do not have the kind of the drive and the determination to pull one back straight away. And I don't know whether that's just the, the style of play that we have, whether cause it feels like for me that we're, at, we're quite a kind of a counter-attack based team because we seem to soak up a lot of pressure and then try and worm our way through somehow and when you're not the kind of, that when you play that kind of way and you go down it's very difficult to try and change that way and make yourself a bit more of attacking and the fact that we did get that goal just before half time that kind of gave us the well it gave us the upper hand let's put it that way because we were actually no we're still in this game that game was 15 minutes to 
readdress what was going wrong in the first half and actually come out with that impetus and that drive to actually come on and get that second goal. Granted, it took a lot longer than I was expecting to get that second goal, but we got that second goal and that was the, one of the main things. You know, I've, I've, I've noticed something. We haven't mentioned a particular person yet. Which one? Someone who was on the pitch. Rooney? Uh, not Rooney. Well, apart, <laughs> I mean, he didn't really have too much... Too much? <laughs> yeah, he didn't really do a lot in that game, but some, someone who, who, who ran the game. Ted Uncle. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to do this to us. Well, we could have a nice little rant now. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was pretty rough. I mean... Yeah. I think even on both sides, I think it was rough. I think there was a lot of like cards or fouls for things that were not, uh, you know, much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, no cause of things that probably should have been addressed, uh, including a, a pretty... Uh, I guess obvious uh, penalty kick uh, potentially. Are you talking about uh, the the brilliant one? That yes, should have yeah, been a penalty one. kick. Oh, I was screaming and shouting at the TV at that point. It's just like they were. He was in the right position as well to actually see what happened. He was on the edge of the box, and there was there was no one in front of him, so I don't know how he missed it. No, he definitely saw. He just didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> And it's it's all. And this is devil's advocate. This is me, slightly backing up Ted Uncle here. So bear with me. What the heck was VAR doing? Why didn't he? Why didn't they? With talking to his ear and just saying, you might want to go and check that. Well, they 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 possibly could have. He he. I think ultimately it comes down to whether he wanted to, right? I think I think that's hmm. possible that they were like, oh, you might want to take a look at that. And he could have said like, no, I saw it. It's fine. Whatever. Um, I don't think we know yet. I think the uh, pro referees do their like uh, VAR in review video every week. Um, and I don't think it's out yet. So I guess we'll see. Um, but that seemed to me like a, a pretty obvious one. Um, on the other hand, like we can't really rely on getting penalty kicks to, to win games either. So, yeah. But it would have been That's nice. True. It would have been nice, for sure. Yeah, in oh, the yeah. short term, for definitely, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to argue with a penalty. Not at all. Unless it was missed. Unless it was Ted Uncle, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> well, Audi Field was definitely a hallmark on Friday night. We were giving out cards to everyone. So, what can you do? Oh, I, I heard that was the... When his name was mentioned, there was some booing in the crowd as well. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> definitely some booze. I think, I think everyone, and I think even in like the league at this point is just kind of tired, like uh, of of like a lot of missed calls in general, and and kind of this year being like a lot of weird, weird calls across the board and stuff like that. So it could have been some of that as well. But yeah, there were definitely a little bit of, of booing. Yeah. Um. Did you hear about how he came to ref that game? Yes, our original referee was stuck in Canada, and I i forget if I was asking Dave, maybe I was asking you too, Ken, I was like, couldn't they just, you know, send us anyone else, really? And again, I definitely acknowledge what an incredibly difficult job it is, but I do feel that there is a lot of support to do the job correctly, especially with VAR and with all the training that they get 
and the statements put out afterwards by Pro saying, oops, this should have been a red card, or oops, maybe this should have been a different call. Like, that's great to take accountability, but you're ruining teams' progression in the rankings during the season, so. Yeah, I think we, we, we all agree that, well, I would, hopefully we can all agree that the, uh, the refs do a difficult job. They can't always see everything, but yes, as you said, Sarah, that that's why we've got VAR now. But um, I find it difficult to kind of support MLS refs when they've got one of the the great English refs, head of the organisation at the moment, Howard Webb. He he was such a fantastic ref in the, in the EPL, and I just find it bonkers that that hasn't filtered through yet into the rest of the referees and how he's not been able to pass on his knowledge and the way he refs and things like that. It's just, I think my biggest concern is that there's a a massive lack of consistency. Absolutely. I can't agree more with you when you say that. And I remember, I don't know which match it was. I would have to look back at my match notes, but I remember Wayne after one of the matches was just so frustrated and he said you know the referee we had couldn't even measure 10 feet oh that was yeah which which match was that because they're bleeding together at some point it was pretty recently though yeah bear with me let me find let's get a fixture list up because it was I'm sure it was a team in white we were playing against one of the many teams in white there was the, I mean, I mean that could be anyone right now, thanks to uh, Adidas's. Uh, there's a there's a, there's a little uh, side uh, question. Whilst I'm looking this up, how do you guys say Adidas? Is it Adidas or do you say Adidas? I say Adidas, but I'm not sure. Adidas. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that other way. So may, maybe. Really? I've heard. Yeah. No, both. I've never heard that. I've heard both. Really? Wow. I, I've never heard that. But. Do you just laugh at us, James, when we say Adidas? Are we funny? No, it's, 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 it's just bizarre because I'm so, oh, being over here, we're all used to saying Adidas and even um, Nike as well. So you hear Nike or Nike and it's just the way people pronounce it. It's just, uh, it's strange everywhere. Uh, right, here we go. What, was it Spartan Kansas? Was it that game? I'm trying to think, was it that far back? This is going to drive me absolutely until I figure it out. I'm checking too. I'm gonna check some notes. So Chicago Fire. Yeah, I think it was actually the match with Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do think that was the match. And Wayne is just always so professional, and he would never come out and rip on the ref or criticize the ref. He's a professional, but he, just the frustration you saw coming from him is, you know, really says something for him to even make a comment. So, let's, let's, move, let's move it on. Um, that goal from uh, Quincy, the, Quin- the Quinspiracy, that was a hell of a goal, wasn't it? It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's another one of my favorite, favorite humans, and um, he was at the Cooligan show and Total Soccer Show as one of their guests on Saturday and he was talking about it and he said you know people have been at me on Twitter like Quincy why didn't you put it in with your head and he's like well I put it in you know Ken what did you make of that because Ken and I were both there 
at that show. Yeah, I thought that I thought it was funny. I, I really enjoyed. I mean, all of it. But yeah, Quincy's part was really funny. Um, very, very interesting uh, stuff. Yeah, apparently, like, yeah, like, like Sarah said, a bunch of people are like, yeah, why didn't you head it in all this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like that would have been way less fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I think what what he realizes and everyone realizes is like, no matter what he does or what anyone does, you're going to get people saying, why didn't you do this other thing? Even and if you do the other thing, you'll get why didn't you do the other thing? Like, so, yeah. I, I think we should just be happy that you put it in the net. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. seriously. That... <laughs> Looking back on my uh, tweets that I, uh, I asked him, uh, what, made, what made you to think of finishing like that? And he just, his response was, the moment. <laughs> that is absolutely spot on. That's a cracking response. That's, it was Zlatan-esque. Yeah, it was definitely beautiful. And I think having that be the goal that equalized us and, and salvaged a point from that, uh, for the most part, otherwise pretty bad showing out there. Um, that was pretty awesome, and I think it it was like a saving face moment, kind of for the whole team. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, to say that in the second half, I feel like the way we performed in the second half was we deserved to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think um, we deserved to get beat, but I don't think we deserved to have a win in that one. I think both the way both halves went, I think it was. Quite an even game overall. Yeah, I mean, in the second half, we were. I. I mean, they made those adjustments that we talked about earlier, um, sliding TT more into the middle and and a little bit deeper. Um, but also, you you kind of saw that the team kind of liven up and like, kind of act like way more. You know, paying attention, kind of, and like wanting to be there and wanting to compete instead of kind of like the slow start that they started out with in the first, you know, five or ten minutes. Um, and, yeah, they were, like, really quick to take their throw-ins, really quick to, to take their, their set pieces when they were given opportunities. You kind of saw an urgency that I guess we didn't necessarily see. Uh, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that dressing room at halftime just to see and hear what was being said, because that would have been very interesting. Oh, my goodness. I wish we were allowed to somehow hear that that would be incredible for sure but I think it does go back to that kind of psychological element we were talking about earlier we are not a team where if we're down especially early where it's easy for us to kind of come back but once we're up a little bit okay great everyone's awake everybody's on let's go but it happens sometimes much much too late like Friday night Mm. it really does um, let's move it on um, to the double game week game. So we've got Cincinnati and we've got Atlanta United this week. So let's have a little chat about Cincinnati and the fact that at the moment, they're st- I think they're still bottom of uh, the conference, aren't they? However, they've won their last two games. And they're not down that far. Okay, well. Maybe a little. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got... Behind you, so after their last two games, they're only a point behind uh, Columbus now. And uh, Chicago, they're only a point behind Chicago Fire. I know, I, I'm looking in the wrong column. Whoops. Um, so they're equal on points with uh, Columbus and five points behind Chicago. 
It's just that goal difference is what's keeping them. Yeah, the minus bottom. 25. <laughs> minus 25 goal differential. But look at us so, last so... year. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to have a meteoric rise or anything, but I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. possibilities. You can never rule anything out in MLS. That's what I love about this league is things like that do happen. Yeah, but... I mean, they, they've gotten results in their last two games, I believe. Mm. Um and uh, that's good. But, I mean, we talked. I talked a little bit to uh, James, I think, last time on my podcast. Like, they are trying to find, like, a, I guess a short to medium long caretaker coach. Um, it, it, a lot of stuff doesn't feel right with what, what they're doing. And I think, I think we can see, especially um, in other examples, like even the New England Revolution, like the coaching stuff does matter. And I think... If they were to really get their stuff like set up and straight and um, hire a coach that that is not just like a quote unquote caretaker, because um, I don't think that's how you gain respect. Like that's it's very hard to keep a locker room when you're like just the caretaker, um, you know. So yeah, if they could get stuff straight, I think they could do a lot better. But I don't really see them. Uh, yeah, I don't really see them being anything to worry about too much. I guess. Oh, it's. Um, I mean, there, there have been, what was it, uh, Houston Dynamo, uh, and they beat them quite convincingly, if I remember rightly, though. Houston, Houston, since I think it was at uh, Houston as well, so to, for them to win on the road, that was, uh, no, it was at home, that one, uh, they beat Houston Dynamo 3-2, which isn't a bad result against Houston, who were doing very well this uh this year so far, from what I've seen. Um, oh, they're down in eight at the moment, so they've slipped quite a bit. And then they beat Chicago Fire 2-1. So that was a good win for them. Try and get them closer to uh, not being bottom anymore. And I'm a, I don't know what it is, but I'm now a little bit concerned with our form. And now they've had back-to-back wins. I just hope that we can douse their fire a little bit and uh, get us back on uh, back on the right track anyway. Absolutely. It's getting a little nerve-wracking to see, you know, how many games that we've played so far and other teams also have, you know, matches in hand where they could catch up to us. And really, it's just those small point margins of, well, if this team wins a few matches, we're right back down the rankings, so... I'm hoping we go out on the road and really rally against Cincinnati and Atlanta. But Atlanta's picking up as well, so that's a little concerning. They did get beat by uh, Seattle last night, which I did actually catch up with that game. I was watching that one, and uh, they didn't look good. Let's put it that way. Um, They were lucky to get that goal. and Seattle made it look very, very easy, and I'm surprised it was only a 2-1 victory. Yeah, I think we definitely need to get three points from both these games, for sure. I mean, Cincinnati, we should be beating. Um, obviously, every game's a challenge, especially since they're both away. But Atlanta, yeah, they kind of had like a, a, a decent streak there, and then they, yeah, they lost to Seattle, and then they recently lost to the Fire, like 5-1 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that was rough. And so they... Yeah, they might be suffering some confidence issues. Uh, I did watch the game yesterday. They they played Seattle. Seattle won, but um, Breck Shea I think got injured, 
Um, it seemed pretty serious. He came out of the game with a knee injury. I don't know if they're going to report too much on that, and that kind of sucks. But that spot that that he's been kind of, kind of not—he was not really the the starting left back for them in the in the in the beginning of the season. But he's kind of been, kind of been playing there. They've played Michael Parker's there. That's kind of how they ended the game with Seattle. And so if if we're lined up against a four man back where Michael Parkhurst is on the left, I think. Uh, I, in in this case, Ariola is gonna have a field day because <laughs> Parkhurst is not the fastest player, and so th- their backline is is very yeah like very very um, damaged I guess, and so we have a lot of opportunity if we want to go out there and attack. And I think, especially against Atlanta, we seem to have quite a good record against them. Um, from what I, from previous experience, especially the last couple of years, we always seem to do very well against them. And obviously, the game at the start of the season was very, very good. And then you've got, I think we beat them at their ground last year as well. If I remember rightly, did we? I think you are correct. I would have to check from last year. I think we did take them last year. Uh, oh, uh, or did we didn't? No, we took them here in DC. Yes. It was in DC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just look. I've got these. The, the last. Uh, yeah. The eight three games, to one. Head to head. Yeah. Um, three of the last four have been three to three ones. Yeah. So what are we going to see this week? Is the question. Are we going to see another three one match, and who will be on the good side of that? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, there's been two-goal difference in the last four games, so there's going to be, I'd imagine, a two-goal difference for this year, uh, for this game, and I'm hoping it's us. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Why did you send that? Uh, I'm just uh, literally looking at the, the head-to-heads, and we beat them in 2017, 3-1. That's probably what I'm thinking of, actually. And, yeah, we, what, we've beaten them twice, two, three, four... Four out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Beat them five times out of the last seven games. That's a pretty good record, to say the least. It's it's got to be said. We've we've got to be favourites to win that game. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think this is also the like like I was kind of mentioning. I think this is the weakest that we uh, we've seen them, and so. I think our opportunity is is pretty pretty large here. Yeah, the only thing I'm looking at in sort of the head-to-head stuff, um, the last six games Atlanta have played at home, they've won five. So we've got to be, it's going to be a tough one, but we and we've got to be on it. Um, but yeah, they've lost, they've won five out of the last six. Granted, one of those was against Char- Charleston Battery, but there you are, <laughs> and. That was after extra time as well. So. Okay. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see about that one. Um, what do we reckon to... Let's put, put you guys on the spot. What do we reckon for the game against Cincinnati? What's the result going to be? You know I hate making predictions, James. I am the most superstitious person in the world. <laughs> I am so afraid <laughs> to make a prediction. <laughs> I'm just going to say that I believe we're going to win. And yeah. that's all I'm saying. I'm not giving any point to Frenchie. 
Oh, that's fine. That's that, that's something. And no one blame me yeah. if we don't. Oh no, the blame's coming to you. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's yeah. James' fault because he made me make a prediction. Oh, Ken, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'll I'll say two zero. You can blame me. <laughs> that's Are fine. You two, two zero Cincy or two zero DC? No, us. Yeah, come on. Oh, now. <laughs> yeah. Slightly oh, worried, huh? Yeah, I mean, if we give up two goals to Cincinnati, then we have big issues. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, and then the Atlanta game. Do we reckon we're going to get win by two two clear goals in this one? Um, oh, man, I don't know. It's so hard because... Like, they had some really good... They had a really good run of clean sheets this year, so they can be really, really good, and they can possess the ball and keep it away from you and 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 in that defend well by not letting you attack. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't... I think we come out... Uh, I think we come out 2-0 on that one, too, because they've struggled to score goals. Their, their playmakers are out. Um, Barco is out. Tito is out. Um, Pity Martinez might as well be out, I guess, <laughs> because he doesn't really do much, I guess, except complain about his manager Don't and tempt vice versa. Fate. Don't tempt fate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're going to see a, a hat trick, I guess, if I keep talking. Um, but I think they're going to show up and play um, as well because, like, they know that their history against us is, like, we usually have their number. Um, I hope we don't get too comfortable. I think... In even in like the rankings, I think we are in a, a little bit of a worse spot in terms of uh, like amount of games played and points. So I think we kind of just have to will this one out. <laughs> like, yeah. But look at this way too. Acosta's gonna be back. He'll be fresh because he'll have been out. And then we also have Ariola back, so that's good too, right? That is correct. And we also still have Mora. He hasn't been injured again. Shh! Don't say it. Don't say it. As long as we don't play Orlando again, we'll be fine. We need to stay away from Orlando. No, because we get a Rooney epic goal every time. Yeah, that's true. That's a fabulous thing, but Mora getting injured, not so great. Yeah, can we just have the the one thing, not the Mora? What is interesting to me is uh, I think we talked very, very briefly about um, the, the podcast event after the thing. Um, after the game, I mean, and one thing that Ben Olsen said is that the three back system is is what he thinks gets all the best players on the field, and how is we we can best line up. And so I'm kind of curious, like, do you think we're gonna continue to like try to improve that in these next two games? Because it kind of looked a little rough there in the beginning, but it seems like it could potentially work. Um, looking at the the second half, and and yeah. That's very interesting to hear that from Ben there. The fact that he feels that the three I mean I I'm if that's what he feels and that's what gets us the best players on the pitch, then fair enough. I'm happy to back him on that. Um I just feel like we would need to have either Rodriguez playing that in slightly deeper in the centre or Acosta needs needs to do the same. Just so that we've got that good coverage. Um and the fact that it always seems that when it, uh, Rodriguez has played that little bit deeper, we he's got more time on the ball. Um, that's what it feels like anyway. So I, if it works, I'm I'm totally for it. 
The only thing, though, is that if we play a three-back, um, and then we have Mora and Hara as the wing-backs, um, we have Moreno and Knaus in the center midfield, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm. We have Rooney up top. That leaves us with two extra players. Um, does that mean... And then, yeah, so, like, do we play Acosta and TT? Do we play Areola and TT? Like, what, yeah, who are we what do you think will happen? There? Yeah. Oh, I, I caught you, James. I got you. Yeah, you have. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we can feel like Acosta's not going to stay beyond 2019. So I'll drop him. Just so we can get, get going in the post-Acosta world. Because even though it would be nice for him to finish 2019 on a high, and it would be nice if we got through to the playoffs, got all the way to the cup final, and eventually won it, that'd be great for Acosta to finish on a massive high. But we need to be realistic, and we need to start moving on. Um, I just feel like if we're going to go down that road, then I'd use Acosta as an impact sub. Well, the last time that happened, he got a red card in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he made a big impact. Let's but yeah, he made a big, Definitely just a negative impact. Made an impact, for sure. But no, James, you do have a point, because if we can correctly kind of estimate that he's not going to be with us past the end of the season, and we won't see him in 2020, we do need to give some of the other players their minutes so they can start falling in and adjusting. Because that's only fair to them as well unfair to the whole team if we want to look forward to 2020 and hopefully another run i'm also assuming that we're gonna purchase at least tt rodriguez um from his uh, on his option i hope so um if I remember rightly the the clause in the uh, contract for us to purchase him is only like eight hundred thousand dollars i think it is i don't think it's that much at all so it's it's not going to cost us it when you compare when you look at the his ability and you compare him to other players that are going for hundreds of millions around the world, eight hundred grand, that's a bit of a steal. He's a bargain. He's just a fantastic player to watch. He and Har are two of my favorites right now. I don't know about you both, but as I said earlier, I love watching Hara. I love watching TT, like their creativity on the pitch and just watching the way that they move is incredible and they definitely bring something very special to DC. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm totally with you on that one. And even Hara, I mean, even he's been half-tempted for me in my eyes to play in, a, in an attacking mid-role just because he seems to have a great dribble on him and he gets through the centre and he's just like, where is he off to? <laughs> and then he has this epic long-range shot and it's just like, uh, okay, that's that's why you've done that, and fair, keep doing that. I'll, you can keep. Yeah, hang those in. Yeah, Hara is, is very good on the ball. I've noticed, like, especially for someone who who's uh, playing in defense, he, he's very good with the ball. I think he even uh, I think he nutmegged someone in the last game. Um, but <laughs> he's so good at that. Yeah, he even he played in uh, one of those uh, central defensive midfield roles relatively recently. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see him even playing like as a winger in a pinch or something like that. Uh, if Ariola gets injured and we don't have Segura there, I'd back him up there. That would be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and he's got pace. He's obviously can tackle quite well, so you'd be able to use him as a high press situation. It, I think it, that would, it would work quite well. 
Yeah, totally. So, we've come to a kind of a natural end there. Um, moving, moving on. So, back to the, the day after the New England Revs game. Obviously, we had that live podcast event. I want, I want to hear all about it. So, Sarah and Ken, can you talk to us about what, how was it? How, how many people were there? What was it like? Was it, how was it to see a podcast being recorded live? I don't know, Ken, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Yeah, I can I can talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah, there was a decent amount of people there. It was in the like Heineken VIP whatever um, uh, situation um, in Audi Field, kind of under the, the Heineken rooftop. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, we had they had multiple guests. Um, I think my favorite one was probably Junior Moreno. Uh, I thought that one was really, really cool. And he's also one of my favorite players and someone who I was rooting for when, when Venezuela was playing Copa America. Um, but yeah, we, we, we kind of found out a couple of different things. I, I, I think we talked about the, the Ben Olsen three-back thing a little bit. Um, but there were some other interesting things in there that were kind of like breaking news. So why, what about Sarah? You talk about the probably the other thing that I'm thinking of. Oh my gosh! So, um, yeah, there was a little talk about how um, our good friend Mr. Bruce Reno was slated to come in as head coach, general manager for DC United, and it didn't come to fruition for whatever mm. reason. Ken, was there a reason given? I was just so shocked, maybe in the moment, to hear that, and. It was said very matter-of-factly. <laughs> yeah, so Pablo Mar of The Athletic was basically just like... So the the way this came up was like they were talking about the comments that Bruce Arena made after the, the game. And those were basically like, uh, you know, DC United is not connected with its past, achievements, and you can't really feel that when you come here because I guess he didn't feel it after coming back um, since, you know, he'd been really successful as our manager in the past. Um, and he and then Pablo also stated like, well, maybe he's just salty that he wasn't able to become like yeah the 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 GM plus head coach that that was offered to him last year, and everyone was just like what? <laughs> Wait Hold on. what? Whoa! Hold on! Yeah. You said what now? <laughs> yeah, and so everyone was just like wow like what what, what do you mean? And so there wasn't an answer given to answer your question, uh, or like a reason I mean, uh, but my guess is that we actually started performing. And so that would probably, that's what I was thinking, like why it didn't happen, but yeah. Or perhaps a money issue as well. Maybe, but you would think we have more money than, than, well, not more money, but we spend more money than the revs do. But then again, it's a different time. So maybe he accepted, I don't know. But yeah, you might be right there too. It's possible. I'm speculating. I'm not sure at all. No one quote me on this. I have no idea. Just speculation. (laughs) No, it's totally possible. I mean, also that's a little closer to um, the 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 recent unpleasantness that is the World Cup qualifiers. Um, so a year removed from that does a lot, especially since the men's team does have a new head coach. There's a lot less of the the Trinidad and Tobago blaming stuff happening. There's not. It doesn't go away, but it's a lot less than I guess it probably would have been then as well. So. I don't know, that could have been play a part of it. It could have been money. It could have been um, that we started performing well or some odd combination of all of those. Definitely Ben Olsen kind of won my heart all over again, too, at this event. He was another guest. 
I don't know, Ken, did you just like, I don't know how you felt about what Ben said, but he was just like, you know, this team after my family is my whole life. Yeah. And that was yeah. a moment for sure. Yeah, he pretty much stated, yeah, he was like, it's my family and then it's this club. I've been thinking about this club for every day for 20 years. And so, yeah, I think um, everyone in the room was kind of, including myself, was like, wow, like, you don't really think about it uh, too much to that point. I think a lot of us don't think about the human stuff enough. And so hearing him say that, like, definitely reconfirms that, like, the coaching staff is doing their best they're thinking about it every day you know and they really 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 care and they care about us and then they care about you know what what's going on with the team that's really kind of nice to hear that and the fact that he's got that passion about the club and yeah he has been there for such a long time and i just hope that for not just his sake but for the club's sake that he can do what he needs to do to turn the season around because we are in that little bit of a slump at the moment and it would be nice for him and all those people who were hating on Ben Olsen at the moment it would be nice just for him just to get that season turned around and just stick the middle finger up at them. I would love to see that. It was really really sad. He went over actually to kind of acknowledge Rob Gillespie, the gentleman I talked about earlier, the Bar Brava member mm. who's been ill I'm like, Rob has been watching Ben since he was a player and then as a coach. And so Ben, of course, went over to give him a hug and pay respect to him. And there were a bunch of folks chanting Olsen out. And it was just like the most disrespectful kind of moment. And everyone's entitled to have those opinions or to feel however they feel. But they just really, I know speaking with Rob, it really hurt him. And he was really upset on Ben's behalf. And he said, you know, you really, like, these folks ruined a really great moment with somebody I respect a lot and care about a lot and who cares about this club. There's a, there's a time and a place yeah. for it. And it, when it's a moment like that, because I, I did see that about that, um, I think um, you might have tweeted about it. And it, it really annoyed me. I mean, I've not met Rob or anything like that, but... And I know, I mean, I've been season ticket holder for football clubs in the past and you go through some really tough times. I've been I've been through relegations on numerous occasions. And you do need, you want to vent your anger, but there is a time and a place and when something like that is happening and the only thing, and I don't want to sound like I'm excusing it, but the only thing I can think of is if they weren't aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of. But again, if so, if he's gone over to greet someone in, in the crowd, you don't do that. Yeah. You just don't. There is a time and a place for sure. And I know he even said to Rob, you know, I'm sorry, I wanted to get those three points for you today. And it, it just like absolutely crushed me. I have an interview actually that I did with Rob that'll be coming out very soon for you all to read, but that'll be in there as well. But just really just like a moment that gets you in the heart, especially if you love this club so much. Yeah. I, I, I mean, especially the day after on that, in that interview, like I have a lot of respect for Ben Olsen. I think, especially since for me, when I was a kid and I was watching the club, 
like many, many, many years ago. And I actually met Ben Olsen when I was like, I think, eight or nine. You're not that old, um, Ken. Come on. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just my body's breaking down. <laughs> but <laughs> didn't you meet him in a bar recently? <laughs> I also saw him in a bar recently. Yes, <laughs> along with Bruce Arena. Yes, that's another thing. <laughs> we need to hear um, the story afterward. But the um, the yeah, like he was one of the the main players that I looked up to when I was a kid and when I was playing and like when my the reason I met him was my dad did an interview with uh, two other players, um, Clyde Sims and uh, Bobby Boswell, many many years ago. I think it was Bobby Boswell's like rookie season or something, and so Ben Olsen was like in the in the tunnel and everything, and he he greeted me and everything, and and that meant a lot to me and like. You know, I don't agree with everything he does. I don't agree that he doesn't sub anyone until the 95th minute. <laughs> but, like, I respect him, and I don't ever think that... I don't ever publicly say anything about negative about him because I have that much respect for him. And, yeah, you, even... You know what? Definitely the situation was bad. But, like, even if it it wasn't for Rob and he was coming over to the supporters... Even that's a bad situation to be screaming that, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, you can disagree with me everything you want, and that's fine. But, like, I don't think – I would never do that. Even if things were worse, I wouldn't do that because, like, he doesn't have to come over to you. You know, he didn't have to – he doesn't have to do that kind of stuff. He doesn't have to greet Rob. He doesn't have to do any of that. But he does because he cares. And, like, don't, you know, kind of be a jerk. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and I also think – on a on a nicer on a different note, I guess I also have a lot of respect for him, um, the journalists, and Junior and Quincy for uh, doing that podcast the day after too, because obviously that's optional as well. But I was really uh, it was really nice to see all them, and then they they took time out of their day to come and, and talk in front of fans and and do that. Yeah, I mean that could have doing that podcast could have gone really sour. Um, especially the way we played in that first half, that could have been a really, really awkward situation to do that. But they still did it, and they put the sounds like they put the bright faces on, and it, that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to actually listening in and uh, catching up on that particular podcast. The club is just really the players, the coach, everyone, just class through and through, and the way that they handle themselves in adversity or after you know, maybe a rough match, because I've been in those press conferences, and I know you both see them as well, and really just the way that Ben Olsen handles himself, the way the players handle themselves, nothing but class. I was just saying, like, I think another way to put it in perspective for people is, like, imagine after every day that you do your job, that you had to uh, stand up and ask answer questions about, like, you know, why you did this or why you did that during your day of work. And it's kind of like that. So, like, that's a really hard thing to do um, in general. Yeah, that would be really bizarre in my, in my work. It'd be like, like, why did you serve that person that way? It was like, because they were being horrible to me. <laughs> Not good enough. James out. <laughs> yep, that's it. Sorry, James, you're done. <laughs> oh, see you later. Um, anyway, um, shall we... Should we Cover some questions that we've been asked. I'm so excited to hear these questions. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, shall, shall I do the the uh, the voice question first? Let's. Yeah, soon as the, this person. So his name's Colin Ritchie. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Ritchie FC. Um, 
I'm going to play this little, uh, little clip for you from him now. Hey James, this is Colin. I'm a big fan of the show, and I wanted to ask you a question today. I'm recording this question on Sunday, July 14th. This is one year since Audi Field opened up, and I want to hear your thoughts as well as your guests on what you think Audi Field in the one year that it's been open has done for DC United. Um, maybe just like your impressions being in the stadium, but also how do you think that's impacted the team because we've seen the team improve a lot over the past year. All right, thanks. So yeah, um, yeah. So as it, as Colin just said, that um, it has been a year since uh, Audi Field has uh, opened, and uh, when Rody graced that uh, green turf, um, Sarah, how how has been? How do you think Audi Field has done, and how has it changed for the club? I still remember the feeling of walking into that stadium for the first time and seeing Wayne announced and watching that first match. And I definitely think that, I wouldn't say it's elevated the level of the club, but I think it's given very talented players and a very talented club that's capable of a high level, a higher level home with fewer raccoons, for sure. It, it's really, I'm sorry, I had to say it. Come on, guys. I had to say it. It is, it is a beautiful home for the team. Um, I, I am sad because there were certain things from RFK that I do miss. I miss that tailgating. I miss walking into the stadium with the drums and the flags and just everyone kind of congregating together. So I hope that maybe in the future we can find some solution to that. But really, it's just a beautiful home for a great club. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I love Audi Field. I definitely, yeah, kind of miss some things from RFK. I mean, the bouncing seats, that's one. That's the main thing, I think. Yes. Like, kind of uh, one of my favorite things. But, bouncing yeah. seats? Yeah, you're so. Gonna, you're going to have to uh, explain that, that one to me, because unfortunately, I never got to RFK. So, the, some, there was a section in RFK where uh, the seats actually bounced. Um, like bounced, bounced. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to send you a video or something because it's kind of hard it's to explain. It's probably dangerous. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It certainly was, but um, I miss that, and I also, uh, yeah, like like Sarah said, some of that community stuff. But I think that like whenever you go down there, you notice there's a lot of construction and a lot of stuff building up around there, and so. That's gonna make a lot of difference, I think. Maybe we won't have the exact same kind of tailgates and stuff like that, but like, there's gonna be closer like bars and restaurants and stuff like that, I think. And so I really like the location. That's one of my favorite things about Audi Field. Um, it's it's kind of easy to get to from the metro, and um, it's right near the the Nationals parks. So there's like that stuff for that's quote unquote like for them originally. That but like all the DC fans can go to. Like there's some bars and some cool places. Um, around there but I think overall I feel very positive about about our our stadium I think it's a lot a lot nicer than I guess RFK <laughs> obviously um, especially in terms of like cleanliness and like basic conditions um, but I do think that some of the things that I want to see addressed at some point is uh, the championship banners and safe standing, I think, is important um, for safety. But I think overall, it's pretty good. 
Ken, we're going to go get the banners, actually. We're going to just load up in my Jeep. So you come in with me and Jason. We're going to go do that. All right, you go do that, and I'll bail you guys out when, when you get arrested. James, do you have some bail money ready? We were going to go pick yeah. up the um, club banners to bring them over to Audi Field. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I can sub you uh, bail money as long as it's within £10. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to, about to say, like, uh, <laughs> I hope it's, uh, yeah, like, 10 or 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's about all I have but, right now, so... Yeah. Fingers crossed. Eh? Um, I mean, for me, so far, um, I've been, thankfully, I've been to Audi Field twice now. And looking back on these last 12 months, it to me, it feels like it's a proper home now um, for the club. Whilst I mean, I've, I've watched games over here where we were at RFK and it felt like, it felt like we were playing in just in the national stadium, like Tottenham have been playing at Wembley recently before their ground eventually got built. Um, so it, it felt like RFK, to me, was a bit like a home away from home. Um, and now we've got Audi Field, that is actually our proper home. And I feel like this is the kind of stadium where it's, it's great for the atmosphere, it's great for the fans. I love the fact that you can go around the grounds, you're not segregated into your the stand that you were bought your ticket for because uh, i know other grounds that i've been to you kind of get locked into that particular stand and it it is a nice place to be um and i've been down to screaming eagles tail tailgates before the game and if i'm honest it feels a bit rough still down there um i i wouldn't feel safe walking down there on my own in the evening um but I'm sure that will change in time and after all the, as Ken said there, the construction when you've got all the restaurants, the bars all built up and hopefully there'll be like hotels there. That would be nice to see. And it it's nice view of the river down there and it's a great place to actually be. Um, and I know if you know who my uh, English team is, Millsborough, our stadium is by the river as well. So it's kind of, it reminds me of that a little bit as well. So. It's nice. Um, I think having this stadium is going to take... We've not seen, as you said, the club go to the next level, but I think it's the potential is there for us to actually see the players. I actually think actually it's a nice ground to play at. I want to play there. And hopefully that will then take us to the next level. Yeah, I think the final point that I have is um, at least we're not playing at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> so. Amen to that. Amen to that. There's still no word of a stadium for them yet. That poor club. Uh, and you, you That's think not fair. They've got, mon- they've got money behind them. They've got the Man City owners. It's it's not a money thing, though. I think a lot of the problem is, like, a lot of the New York and Manhattan politics, like, they're being picky about where they want the stadium, and it's just so hard to have space to do much of anything <laughs> uh, up in Manhattan. So, like... Yeah, um, it's just a difficult situation. But you would have thought by now there would be some kind of, you know, ideas uh, beyond just like really, really small rumors. There, there, I, there should be a time limit on when they have to have that as soccer specific stadium. Otherwise, I'll just make them share with the New Jersey Red Bulls. <laughs> but that, yeah. that would be one solution. 
I mean, the other thing is like, they, I don't know, never mind. Come on, come on. <laughs> no. Use your words. No, like, they could play in, like, City Field or something like that. But I guess, yeah, they want something uh, that's their own, which makes sense, soccer-specific, which is, the like, quote-unquote, the rules, I guess. But, I mean, it's kind of really upsetting that there wasn't some sort of, like, timetable, like, kind I guess to kind of your point or, like, some something. Because playing on that field, frankly, is, like, kind of dangerous. Like, every, every single game I've seen played there, there's, like, chunks of grass coming up, people sliding you know, it's just it's just not good. It makes the league look like it did in two thousand and one, like not good. Yeah, I mean, you look back at that that game we had there um, at the start of the season. That was just that pitch was awful. I'm I'm amazed it wasn't called off. the The other thing is like, so I I've been to uh, the Yankee Stadium for for our games against NYCFC, and it's really hard to find a good seat because it's a stadium obviously not designed to watch soccer games it's designed to watch baseball games and so you got the net right you can't yeah well one time i got the net which was annoying the baseball net that was there yeah so you have to watch watch through a net um and that's just like well that's not good and like no matter where you are from this in the stadium you're not like on the like next to the field there's nothing next to the field right so it's 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 just kind of a, a, a bad experience and so there it could be a lot better beyond just the fact that the the grass is not you know on in the ground i guess <laughs> i'm really shocked the players union hasn't said anything about that because that's just a safety hazard that's not even okay for anyone they, that's something that might be coming up in the next CBA. I wouldn't be surprised if that's mentioned. I mean, the hard part about that, it's like, they what, like there's only so much th- they can do, unfortunately, right? Because they've gotten themselves into this situation where they're just kind of at Yankee Stadium and that's just acceptable. Like, the players going on strike doesn't necessarily change anything with that because they can't be like, oh, okay, we'll just go over here um, necessarily and... Even if they were to share with uh, the Red Bulls, like scheduling that doesn't sound good, especially since there's already so many interesting scheduling things already. How many fights would we see as well? That would just be a disaster. That that might be kind of a, a positive side. It's kind of fun. Like, I don't know. I mean, you're up there, Ken. You can definitely <laughs> produce some content with that, huh? That's true, yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, Um. Let's move on to the next question. Um, Jim, uh, United Night Out, as we uh, we all know and love him. Um, yeah, see, he sent in a lovely question. So he is curious to know, what was our, uh, each of us, our first United, DC United experience? Um, was there a particular match, player, or moment in the DC United history that they most associate with the club? Oh, wow. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Shall I, I kick it off? Do it. Do it, James. Yeah. Yeah, you go first. So my first kind of... DC... I've, I've, I've got a couple of firsts, let's put it that way. So my first DC United experience ever um, would have been when they signed Jaime Moreno. That was my kind of first experience of the club because they signed him from the team that I support in the, in the UK, uh, Middlesbrough. 
And that was the kind of the moment I was like, there's, there's, there's football in America. <laughs> wow. I mean, like, granted, I was, what would I have been? I would have been eight years old. So it's many, many moons ago now. But that was kind of my first experience of it, um, of the club. But then for me, my kind of favourite uh, match moments, whatever you want to say, um, would have been personally for me the first game that I actually attended um, back in August last year, August 29th, uh, which was also my dad's birthday. Yeah, he wasn't very happy that I left them in Orlando for that game. Um because we were on a family holiday and uh, I just literally I just went, Dad, I'm off to DC. And he's like, what? There's a game, there's a game on. It's like, it's like, but by the way, it's on your birthday. And he's just like, oh, all right, then I'll let you off. I was like, yes. Um, so both me and my wife came over to DC for a few days. Uh, that was, oh, I love the city. The city is beautiful. It was just very hot at that time, but I will gloss over that. Um, I think it was like 35 degrees in the evening, like 10 p.m. And I was like, this is not right. That's not, I'm, I'm from the northeast of England. I don't do heat very well. Um, but it was a fantastic experience. Seeing, walking up to Ivy Field, I was, my jaw just was like, oh, my God, I'm actually here. And it looked fantastic. I was just, if, if you ever speak to my wife, you'll just, she will just say, I'm like a big kid when it comes to this. Um and for me, that moment will stick in my head forever. Um, I was at the I was at Screaming Eagles beforehand, so I met James um, down there. I met a few of the gang down there, and they made me feel incredibly welcome there. I've made some good friends from that supporters group. That's kind of what made me get into this. So for me, that I mean, I've got goosebumps just talking about it. That's how much I absolutely adore and adore the club and it's it's a strange feeling having this club in the USA that I can feel such a massive part of yet I am thousands upon thousands of miles away that's what I love and that's my that's my personal experience of the club how's that for an answer <laughs> come back I need to. Bring I your wife. You guys can stay at my place. That's totally fine. There we go. So, Fliss, when you listen to this, because she does listen, let's go over there. Let's stay at Sarah's. You can hang out with us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you have to are. listen to my son, but that's okay. Uh, how old is your son? Well, he is going to be a year old next month. Oh, well, happy birthday to him for next month. Thank you. I'm used to kids. Um, I've grown up with um, my sister. She had kids when I was quite young. And uh, kids are brilliant, aren't they? They're so much fun. Fantastic. They're so much fun. I told him he's going to like soccer, whether he wants to or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever I end up having a kid, they're going to support DC United. It, absolutely. I, absolutely. I have, they, they don't care. It's not, even if we're not in that country, they're supporting DC United. I, don't <laughs> I love it. They can be friends with my kids, so... Amazing. Uh, so, your first experience then, Sarah, what was oh, that? Oh my goodness. So, I have just so many great experiences with this club. I just remember 
thinking back to the beginning, I had had some friends up in the D.C. area that had introduced me to D.C. United. And I was still in the military. I was down in North Carolina. And so I had come up to visit them, and they introduced me to the club. And it was just, you know, I can't even remember the match. I can't remember very much except being at RFK and that great feeling. And so many years later, when I got out of the military and we ended up moving back to the area, I brought my husband to his first D.C. United match. And it was actually the last match at RFK against the Red Bulls. And I remember we did we did lose. It was maybe not the best um, introduction for him, but just the atmosphere. Again, the tailgating, the walking in with the supporters, and just that overall feeling of being there and being around that club. It got my husband hooked as well. And then when Audi Field was opening up and I said, honey, we're getting you know season tickets. Not, can we, we, we are, it's gonna happen. Um, you know, he was in that place, he said, okay, okay. And it happened, so the inaugural season, I ended up, I was pregnant with my son, and we hadn't had a home match, hadn't had a home match, and we had these season tickets, right? And so all I can think is, oh my goodness, am I going to see Audi Field before I have this little boy? It was just, um, but I did, I made it. My son was born August 7th, and you know, we came home on July 14th. And I still remember, so after I had my son, um, he was about eight days old, and I said to my husband, we need to go, like we're missing matches, like we are going. And so my husband's a great, great guy, and he knows how stubborn I am, so we brought the eight-day-old baby to Audi Field. And um, I've got photos, and Mr. Chris Hall, who's one of the most wonderful humans too, one of my favorite people again, saw us in the elevator heading up to our um, our seats and he said how old is that baby <laughs> and we said you know eight days old we just brought him home from the hospital last week and he's like this is fabulous you're coming with me to the owner's box and Chris is also you know kind of stubborn like me and like there was no would you like to come he's like no you're coming you're gonna sit with us and have a drink with us and hang out and it's on Chris's social media somewhere. I have it saved. He took pictures of me and my husband, my son, Sammy, and we won that match. We were in the owner's box. We got to meet everyone. Me, I'm a brand new mom. I was totally just like stressed out of my mind, but it was this incredible moment. We have a little video Chris made for us, and I'll always just remember that moment, you know? And so, of course, my son's got to support the club. No choice. Yeah, I mean, first game at eight days old. You, you, that 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 is it. That's a lifelong uh, subscription to DC United. Ken, what's your first experience of uh, the club? Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I um, I've been following for a really long time. I think the first like conscience conscious, I guess, was being in RFK. I don't remember what game it was, but I remember being there. And just kind of fall in love with it. Um, some of the bigger moments that I remember, because uh, I was really growing up and going to lots and lots of games. Um, I remember, like I mentioned, that the interview my dad did um, as I was as I was growing up uh, with Bobby Boswell and Clyde Sims, and I met Ben Olsen. I also uh, remember, I think, a little bit 
before that, I believe, I met Ernie... St- no, I guess it would be after it, because Ernie Stewart joined later. But um, I met Ernie Stewart at the Maryland Soccerplex, uh, and I thought that was re- one of the bigger memories of mine when he played for D.C. Um, I remember um, Eskandarian when he did the Red Bull thing. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that live on TV, and I thought that that was, like, the most hilarious thing. <laughs> And um, and now it's like a now it's like always used on Twitter, and I never thought you know this. I never thought that that would be something that anyone remembered ever, right? But it was so funny, and uh, I, I thought it was hilarious. But I also I mean some of my favorite players in that that era was like you know Christian Gomez, Santino Quaranta. Those th- that team and those teams were just so so good with Jaime Moreno obviously, and a little bit before that Mar- Marco Echeverri, um, and. I remember just going to a lot of games. Um, I think the first game that I remember, like very vividly, we played uh, Columbus and we lost like three to two or something. Um, and then a couple years later, uh, my favorite game that I went to actually was we played a friendly against uh, Chelsea in I think 2005, a day after yes. my birthday. And uh, that's probably my favorite game that I've been to. I'm just thinking about it on top of my head. And uh, I remember my, uh, my, I guess my health teacher at the time, when I was in um, elementary school, I guess, he was a big Chelsea fan. And I remember I got to come back to school and tell him all about it. And it was just really cool. Um, I'm just looking back on that question about a player that I most, well, player that we associate with the club the most. And apart from Jaime Moreno, I just got to say this out loud because it's on the top of my head. Uh, Freddie Adu. He is one of those players who will be always remembered as a DC player, I think. And he was kind of what got me properly back into the club after seeing Jaime Moreno join, after playing on that uh, wonderful uh, computer game, Football Manager, and just using DC. And I've used, I mean, I've been playing that game for many, many years now. And every single season, I'll do a save with DC United. And it was that kind of what properly got me into the club um, after seeing Jaime Moreno go and play for them as well. I just had to say that. Do you guys have a favourite player of all time? Um, I would, for me, I'm going to say Bill Hamid. Oh, I like this one. That's a good, that's a good pick. Because I, I play in goal um, when I'm playing soccer um, in, what, sort of on a Thursday evening. And I love the way he keeps the goal. I mean, obviously, we had Nick Romando. We've had some decent keepers over the years. But I love Bill Hamid. I love the way he, his style and the, yeah, just the way he keeps goal is, is fantastic. And, yeah, I, I just I absolutely adore him. Sarah? Oh, man, I don't even know. I can pick. That's that's really hard. I don't think I can honestly pick. Um, but I would say I don't know if I had to pick like favorite player of all time. Okay, you're gonna see what a softy I am. I would pick Ben Olsen, honestly. Just commitment to the club and love of the club, and to me, he's kind of that embodiment of what you know DC United is about—the community and the commitment. That's a fair answer. That, that's a good like one. That, that would one. be my yeah. answer. That was a good one. Yeah, that's good. I I probably 
I mean, I always loved Echeverry, so he's probably my 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 number one, and I have the most of his like cards and jerseys and stuff. But uh, my second and and the one that is like the the least obvious, I guess, <laughs> not like like the biggest, um, would definitely be Clyde Sims because um, I thought he was such a good player, and I remember he played for the the Kickers for a year before he came to DC United, and he was just such a nice guy when my dad did the interview, and like. Um, I just thought he was really good. And then I also remember he was involved in the, like, um, there was a bunch of, in 2004, 2005, something like that, he, uh, there was a bunch of issues with the U.S. national team and uh, the U.S. Uh, soccer fa- federation. And so uh, I think a bunch of players, like, you know, refused to play or whatever. And he, he actually got his, uh, he actually got a cap because of that conflict. So I always thought that that story was really cool and, like, I always really, really liked him when he played for DC. That's really cool. It's a good story too. Yeah. Um, next one, um, and we've got this. We're on the penultimate question now. Uh, so Brendan Cartwright, um, also known as Brendan Uka. I think that's how you would pronounce it. I hope. I think that's it. Um, and he commented, and uh, shouldn't Lewis Neal be? The more beloved Englishman than Wayne Rooney, at least until Senor Wayne wins the trophy. Granted, he scored that goal to win us the U.S. Open Cup. The answer is no. Yeah, no, that, I, think, I think I was trying to be. I was trying to be nice. I mean, like, and give a reason for the answer, but I, I, Wayne's brought this club to a brand new level. Yeah. Um, there's no denying that, and the things that he's done, he's really, he's, he's put DC United on on a world map, not just on a US map. That, that's much bigger than what Lewis Nails done for the club. Wayne is such a leader, and you're right; he has definitely put the club in the world's eye. I teach um, business English, and English is a second language, kind of on the side because. Unfortunately, soccer journalism doesn't pay very well (laughs) yet. Um, And one of my students is actually in Hong Kong. And the day after the match where Wayne scored from the own half, the Orlando match, my student knows I cover DC United and is a big football fan anyway. And the first thing he said to me is, were you there for that Rooney goal? And this is someone in Hong Kong who had it had been all over his news, and I was so happy. I know I tweeted it out, but I was just, you know, tickled pink to hear that, really. That's, that's all. I mean, I've got not quite that kind of advanced, but uh, similar thing. But um, I was sp- uh, speaking to uh, Dave on my podcast last week about it um, because we were talking about his, the way he commentates and how much, because of Wayne Rooney, it's put him on the it's put Dave Johnson on the map as well on it for everyone to hear how passionate he is. But I was at a restaurant um, a couple of days before um, the interview, um, and it, I think it was a day after the the goal had been scored. And I just I just overheard just Dave's voice going, "Is it the yes?" I'm like, "Someone's watching the way Rooney yes. goal." I was like, "Oh my god, that's just it's absolutely amazing the fact that there was a kid in a restaurant." in a small village in the southwest of England watching the Wayne Rooney goal and I could hear 
Dave Johnson's voice. It was just, I just literally nudged my wife and I was just like, just, I was just like, what? I was like, can you not hear that? And then, she, and it was, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic to have that happen. And if Wayne Rooney wasn't there and it was a, a, another player who'd scored it, I don't think we would have heard about it over here. I don't think it would have been on Sky Sports News. I don't think it would have been on the BBC. I, if it was, that was even Paul Lariola who scored that, I don't think we would have heard it over here. So the fact that it was Wayne Rooney and his status in the game, yeah, it's just fantastic. I have goosebumps now, James. You're giving me goosebumps. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Thanks. Um, next question. Uh, the last question on the on the list that I got tweeted in, and it came in just as we started um, the podcast. Actually, uh, Tim Flesh um, at Tim underscore Flesh. Uh, the Flesh is spelled F L E S C H. Um, he's just tweeted transfer news question mark a question question mark a sad question mark a steeper question mark. I'm praying, Tim. I'm praying. Praying that. What, we keep a cost? No, I'm praying we get a side back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm praying that with Steve goes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. See, that would free up some funds. I, I still can't believe how much he's getting paid. It's absolutely ridiculous. The fact that he's... He started two games so far this year, and he's our second most paid player. I think before Wayne Rooney joined, he was the highest paid player. That just, it, it absolutely baffles me how, one, how he's getting paid so much, but two, if he's getting paid so much, why aren't we playing him? Because he, he's got to be a decent player, he, surely. He wasn't, uh, so, uh, Steber wasn't even in the 18 for the last game. We had a bit of a talk about this, didn't we, Ken? <laughs> Yeah, he well, he wasn't in the eighteen for uh, one of our travel games, but he wasn't even for the the revs. Yeah, like it was weird. Something's got to be happening. I'm pretty sure we've seen the last. I mean, he didn't. He didn't have a good game in his last game. And he, yeah. and he, he was at fault for one of the goals because he just let the play just walk past him. It was just like, okay, he not even attempted to get the ball back. That's just. Ugh. Yeah, he has no defensive skills. Uh, I hope we, it's it's horrible to say, but I do hope that is the last time we see him. As Ken and I kind of said when we had chatted on his uh, podcast last time, you know, it's I think he's a great guy, and I think you know he is a good player, but I don't necessarily think he's a good fit for DC United for what they're doing right yeah. now. And I think mm. you know, not everyone is the best fit for every team, and that's okay. But I would be really happy to free up that money. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, I think um, the other two things that we saw, I think, very recently was that DC United have uh, been in talks with Argentine winger Matteo Garcia, um, as well as Yamil Assad. But apparently, like, there's nothing happening right this minute. So... I guess we'll just have to keep waiting. We can fly down there. I mean, I'm down for it. I'll go pick Emil Assad up and then bring him back. That's fine. Just drag him kicking and screaming. I don't think so. And he won't be kicking and screaming. He He'll likes be like, okay. all of our tweets, too. 
Asad, if you are listening to this, we miss you so much. Please, please, please come back. It's, and don't just it's like it. The fact that he's liking it. I know. It's like every time I'm like, okay, please. Yes, Yamil. I mean, I this podcast does get listened to in Argentina. We're pleading. And it is in Buenos Aires, which I think is where he's at. So, if it's you, Yamil Asad, please come back. <laughs> please. We beg you. I will get your jersey immediately. You're a free agent. You can just just fly up. And there will be hundreds, if not thousands, of people wanting your name on the back of their jerseys. That's going to be wonderful. So, Yamil, please come back. That would be amazing if it, if it, if it, if it is, and that's just that would be absolutely insane. Um, that is the end of the questions. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about whilst whilst we're still recording? Whilst we're still here for the listeners, is there anything else you would like to say? Would it be okay if I did a little plug, James? Would that be okay? Do you mind? I was, I, I was going to ask about this because I want to know more. Is there anything else, anything more that you can tell me that you've not already told me? Um, I might be able to tell you a little bit more and maybe can get some of our listeners involved. So... Screaming Eagles is actually supporting a female-hosted and hopefully crewed podcast that will be talking about local soccer and everything soccer, soccer culture, soccer community, and also the national teams. But we're looking for some sassy and opinionated soccer-loving females in the D.C. area and maybe not in the D.C. area for some call-ins. But anyone can DM me. My DMs are open because I'm foolish like that at Sarah Colassi on Twitter. And someone very special who is in my group of favorite people, Joanna Lohman, has expressed she's quite interested in doing this. And she's just, she's wonderful as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's it right there. She's great. So she made my month. So anyone that's interested, you know, please let me know. And we're looking forward to getting this off the ground very, very soon. Yeah, I cannot wait to actually get listening to that because I think it's going to be an absolute fantastic show to listen to. Um, There needs to be more females involved in the game and not not just in journalism or on the the soccer field, but just all around, I think, and... I think this is going to be a great start um, and it's going to be wonderful to get some insights from a female's perspective into the, into the game. So I, I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Thanks, James. And that's why I appreciate you and I appreciate Ken a lot because there are kind of a lot of gatekeepers out there where if you're a woman or female, you love the game, you want to be a part of it, there is kind of that gatekeeping element. So I appreciate you too. and just kind of the great chats we've had, so. You're very welcome. Great it's... chats so far. Yeah, not Ooh. the first, not the last. Exactly. This is going to go on for a long time, huh? Forever. Yeah, who wants to say something about that? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that sounds like a really cool thing. I love the Screaming Eagles as well, so definitely check that out on Sarah's Twitter, too, like, um, and also follow Screaming Eagles. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a, a lot to thank for for Screaming Eagles because they've been 
absolutely fantastic with me. Um, especially the second time round when we went there back in April, they gave us a free shirt each, be a butts both me and my wife, which was a which was a lovely little gesture. Um, so Jean, thank you for that because she brought us out. Literally, we were just outside um, speaking to a couple of the guys, and Jean just brought us over, brought us inside, and I was gonna get a, get one of the shirts anyway. I was gonna buy them. My wife was gonna get it for as a little birthday present, and she just literally just asked what sizes we were. Like, what? Okay, and then she just handed us a couple of shirts, and we're like, oh wow, that's absolutely amazing. That's what I love about the community aspect of this club as well. It's absolutely fantastic and i love the fact that they're getting behind an all-female cast and crew for a podcast i'm so impressed we have such a good family around this club i really i call it a family you see me all the time hey dcu fam you know it it is a family yeah it really is um ken any last things from yourself um nothing much i mean check all that stuff out uh also feel free to follow me on twitter uh, and Instagram, I guess, um, uh, at DCU underscore soccer. And uh, we're all chatting all the time, pretty much. Um, I have notifications on, so, <laughs> yeah. And Sarah, where, again, I know you've mentioned it a few times already on the show, but where can people find you? You can find me at Sarah Colassi on Twitter. You can find my stories in my Twitter feed, also at MLS Female, if you want some stuff soccer journalism, football journalism from the female perspective about MLS. That's where you should go. I do have an Instagram. I'm terrible with it, but I, I am getting better, friends, so <laughs> hopefully that will improve in the future. <laughs> but Twitter is the way to go. Cool. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. Um, we've made it an incredibly long show. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. As we're saying, It'll be cut shorter than this, but at the moment we're at over an hour and 40 minutes somehow. Uh, I've got a a lot of editing to do after this. Uh, But yeah, thank you to you both. Uh, This is going to be the wrap-up to the show now, so thank you to all the listeners for tuning in into this week's episode. It's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, you can obviously find me in all sorts of places. So we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we've got the website, the membership has started, um, opened up now, so that is dcunitedkingdom.com forward slash membership. Um, as you heard earlier in the episode, you can do voice messages, so if you want to ask questions, let's tweet out about that. Um, and that's it, so thank you very much for listening, and until next time, Vamos United!